0: Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher, Sarah Perry. Hi folks, this is Sarah Perry and welcome back to Haven Space. Today we are going to be talking about gerontophilia, Gerontophilia is the sexual attraction for the elderly. When I say the elderly, I'm talking about mostly people over 70, people who are frail, maybe perhaps take a lot of medication, sometimes have immobility issues, that type of thing. Not just like, oh, the hot grandma who's 45. So by the end of this podcast, you should know what gerontophilia is is, what it entails, a little bit of history about it, a lot of pathology about it, because that's what we came across today, how to find this, how to go about making it happen for yourself with all of the consent, respect, and pleasure that our bodies are worthy of. Now, before I get started, I should say that this was a very unique subject for me. This is the first and only time that I have looked up a fetish and have been unable to find one person that identifies as a gerontophile. Now, remember that specifically, I know where to look for this stuff. I'm on the fetish websites. I am on the fetish channels and I can't find anyone who says, yes, I'm a gerontophile in a way that is honest. I did come across a couple of um, like joking videos, mockery videos, puns, or um, what do we call those? Sarcasm. But I didn't find anyone who just said, hey, this is what I like and this is kind of an entrance into this world, which is super strange because according to say all of the books that talk about this being a thing, it doesn't seem like anyone is sex positive enough to have an approach. This is especially shocking when you think about the fact that We have groups for literally every other thing. I am able to look up pedophilia and find support groups for people with pedophilic tendencies and do a full article where I can really express the situations that are happening in our society and how we approach these kinds of fetishes and sexual inclinations. And this doesn't have it, which leads me to believe one of two things. The first is that it's so taboo that absolutely no one is willing to come out. I really doubt that. And the second is that it's so common that we literally just don't even care. So, I mean, I guess, okay, let me go back. There would be a potential third, that it just doesn't exist. And seeing as how we have gone through all types of fetishes, including the fetish of like candle wax and fetishes of balloons, obviously someone is attracted to older people. So I'm going to just say that that's not the option. Now, let's start at the beginning. The term gerontophilia was coined by von Kraft Ebing in 1901. He is the writer of Psychopathis Sexualis, which is kind of the first book on paraphilias. He is also um, one of the people that started using the term homosexual and then later on heterosexual. I mean, this is like the very start of the pathologization of human sexuality and human sexual behavior. Um so okay, great. So you made a term for it. And he coined this term in the middle of kind of all of the different sexual paraphilias, and by para meaning like abnormal sexual behaviors, but it's such a crock of crap, right? We've talked about the charmed circle with um Gail Rubin and how we see certain sexual behaviors as normal, appropriate, sane, safe, and others as insane. And therefore, we have to get out of that mindset when we're talking about fetishes. We have to be able to say... This is just the information. It's not about if you're weird or not weird. Sexuality in general is about kind of the borderlines. It is about what's exciting because it's on the outside of your daily experience. Uh, Sexuality isn't sitting down and watching TV because you do it regularly. There's nothing exciting. In fact, even the term excitement has to do with pushing yourself to something that is not ordinary. Now, we have von Kraft Ebing saying this, and then people starting studies pretty soon after. The first study that I was able to find was in 1935, and it's a study that talked about violence. And violence is a term that I stumbled across over and over and over again. It seems that people who sexually offend against the elderly tend to um, at least say that they have some sexual attraction towards these people. And we're talking about rapists. We're talking about people who violently attack. Um, There is some overlap in our interpretation of what sexual assault is, but I believe I have spoken about this in other podcasts, but you should know and always keep in mind that a violent sexual attack is not about sexual arousal. That is not what is arousing. What is happening in a violent sexual attack is a person's ability to thrive on controlling someone on violence as a form of regaining some control that has been lost in another part of their life. It is never about sexual excitement. Even if the person's getting an erection, even if the person is ejaculating, even if the person is orgasming, it doesn't matter what happens sexually to their body. That is a response to the arousal. That is not a response to sexual stimulation. It's the response to the fight or flight part of our brain that says we're in this fight. Blood is pumping, right? It's important to keep that in mind. But um, in the study in 1935, it was said that about two out of every six rapists that rape um, elderly people people have gerontophilic tendencies. Now, we don't know what type, of, um, what type of measurement tools they used, what kinds of questionnaires they used, because it was such a long time ago that we just don't use the same kind of measuring records. Nowadays, when we're doing studies for people and we ask them questions, we tend to use um, scoring tools that have already been developed by other people. So for example, you could have a tool that says you fill out this questionnaire and depending on your score, this is where we score you and this is about what your range is. Well, those tools are pretty recent and are being developed every single day. So um, in this study in 1935, they don't cite any of these um, study tools. So who knows what they're using for stuff. Um, What is um, important to note is that gerontophilia is assumed to be about a 50-year difference. Um, you can also imagine a person who is dating someone 50 years or younger um, could be seen as having their own kind of paraphilic tendencies. It could be attracted to much younger people. And because of that and the stigma associated with that age gap, we then develop this idea about the link between pedophilia and um gerontophilia so much so that we have people like um tc gibbons who is a british psychiatrist in 1982 saying that pedophilia is linked to um gerontophilia because of two things one control the ability to gain control over a child is easily translated to the ability of gaining control over an a frail elderly person um and also because of a repulsion to pubic hair, specifically one of the things that is cited as an attractive quality for people who are both attracted to older people, gerontophilic tendencies, and people who are attracted to younger people, prepubescent, which would be pedophilia, is the fact that there is no pubic hair. The cleanliness of the skin is part of the attraction. Now. TC Gibbons doesn't quote any specific case studies on them saying that they don't like pubic hair in elderly people. Some elderly people do have pubic hair, so the the idea that this is something that came up to me sounds like we're grasping at tra- straws, really theoretical, trying to become like super extremists and like going to a place where you can say yes, this is definitely linked. Another connection there would simply be the idea that a person that is likely to offend a pedophile is also, uh, offend um, on a child like a pedophile, is also likely to offend um, on a senior person. More recently, Hadrian Ball has done a study that says that even though gerontophilia has been linked to attacks on the elderly, Um, a more recent UK systematic study doesn't actually agree with that and says that people that mention that they have gerontophilic attractions are not necessarily more likely to offend or behave violently against the elderly as people who don't say they have these kinds of sexual needs. Also super important to note, gerontophilia has never been named in the DSM. In any of the DSMs, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, it has never been listed as a paraphilia because it is not defined as something that can cause mental distress. Now, similarly, we should consider that, of course, anybody who is attracted to any person or anything that is not super common in our society is going to deal with some form of mental distress. So it seems super strange that it wouldn't have ever been in this book. Additionally, It's not even mentioned in any of Kinsey's books, which um, if you don't know Kinsey, he's basically the father of um, the study of human sexuality. His most famous books are Sexual Behavior in the Human Male and Sexual Behavior in the Human Female that are large part um, based on interviews that he had with all kinds of people in open settings and over drinks and in bars and is probably some of the most honest and, I don't know, transparent research that has been done on sexuality. Now, the fact that he doesn't mention gerontophilia is also a huge shock factor because he even goes as far as mentioning pedophilia and bestiality and incest. And it doesn't seem like something that he would shy away from if he felt like it was actually worth the mention. So again, Why are we not having these conversations? Now, on the DSM-5, something that does make sense is the fact that because everybody involved would be consenting, of course, assuming that the elderly person is still of um, enough cognitive ability and physical ability to be able to consent, um, it makes sense that we don't see it as, okay, this is something we need to examine. We kind of just allow people to sleep with whoever they want to sleep with past the age of 18 and no limit on the top end of that. So that's something that's pretty sketchy to me. It's important to talk about the fact that gerontophilia, as opposed to um, most or other paraphilias, requires that someone cannot achieve orgasm without the idea or the action of an elderly person there. So as opposed to other fetishes where some people love the fetish and they would really love to engage in it, but when they don't, they're still able to achieve arousal and orgasm if they are people who are capable of feeling those things, then this is supposed to be something that is um, almost pathological. You have to have it to achieve it or you won't have it at all. In a small case study in 1929, a psychiatrist named Kaczynski talked about the idea of people who are married and and in sexless marriages and then go on to have relationships with much, much older people, I would say under the guise of the fact that they probably can't have a sexual relationship and under that safety, and then become obsessed with these seniors and other seniors as a consequence. Something that also came up a lot is the idea that, and mind you, came up a lot in just random YouTube videos and random um, kind of unofficial articles about gerontophilia is the idea that most of the time these are people who were either molested or had early sexual experiences with people who were considerably older than them. But I think it's time that we take a step back from um, believing that everything sexual that we are inclined to do comes from a place of trauma. Because I do believe that a lot of it comes simply from exposure. Maybe elderly were the first people you saw naked, similar as we had the conversation in the pedophilia um, podcast. So we don't know exactly what causes these types of attractions, but we do know that the gerontophiles that have been studied in other studies, again, none of which I came across anywhere say that they are attracted to um, the normal signs of aging, wrinkles, curvature of the back, sagging skin, and white hair. Sometimes the smell of medications or kind of the rhythm of life of a senior person. But the only place where I did find a gerontophile group um, was FetLife, and one person asked in one of the seven posts One person asked what it was that was attractive about the elderly. Only two people commented back, the group has about 30 members worldwide. And both of them commented back that they are turned on by elderly people who are very fit for their age, that they are not into the idea of the caretaking. In my um, kind of assumption, I would have thought that people attracted to seniors and consider considerably older seniors would be more attracted to the idea of the disability, of the caretaking, the nurse fetish in um, that role in that persona. But it turns out at least the people that were vocal about it disagree. They're both saying that um, what they are attracted to is that they kind of have more wisdom. Again, Let's also do a side note and say, just because someone marries someone considerably older doesn't mean they're gerontophiles. So we have Anna Nicole Smith marrying a guy in his 90s. Well, the motivation there was not sexual attraction. And gerontophilia is specifically about sexual arousal relating to the elderly. Now, let's briefly go back to this link between pedophilia and gerontophilia. In a study by Jean-Claude Montfort and al., in, um, it was published in 2011 in the Lancet. There is a case study of three different situations, um, where men in senior living facilities engaged in sexual behavior with women who were, um, also in the senior living facility, older than them, but were, um, disabled. So, These are three different nursing homes on this um, study, and they did do different scoring tests, one of which is the MMSE, which is the mini mental state examination, where they scored perfectly fine, um, some of them with possible dementia developing, and then a few months after... um, there were a few things that were happening at the nursing home included, but not li- limited to some vaginal pH issues and infections on a few of the patients and some kind of strange, overly sexual behaviors that hadn't been occurring before, like uh, public masturbation and uh, someone who tried to like, auto-erotically asphyxiate. And... They did an investigation and it turns out these specific three men had been assaulting women who um, were disabled. Upon further investigation on the history of those men, two of them had served prison sentences for assaulting children. The idea here would be, is there a link between abuse on both times? And is it related specifically to the attraction to children and to the attraction to adults? And somebody who studies critical theory like I would say no. I mean, we can create whatever relationship we want to create, but the reality is that a person who is an abuser and they look to overpower people, like I was mentioning before, can easily navigate from overpowering children who they have access to at the time, to overpowering geriatric patients, who they have access to at the time. And it doesn't come from a place of sexual arousal. It comes from a place of needing control. In my experience, this is not gerontophilia. And I am a little upset that in the research for gerontophilia, all I could find was these case studies of sexual violence that I think are a completely separate subject. But- If you are attracted to this, if you think you would love to meet older people, um, enjoy their their rhythm of life, you love um, their wrinkles, you love the way their skin feels, smells, the sensation of sagging skin, white hair, if you love all of that stuff, then there are a few options for you. Like I mentioned, this FetLife group called Gerontophiliacs As 32 members. So not a ton, but it is a good group for people to meet other people who are attracted to this. So there are both senior members and younger members. And you could post regardless of if you're a senior and you would like someone who fetishizes your type of body, or if you're a young person and you would like to be with seniors. How to do it? Well, let's make sure that we're abiding by rules of consent. So make sure your power dynamic is not distorted, that there's not something that you have to gain from your sexual experience with this person that would make them more obligated to say yes to having a sexual relationship with you or a romantic relationship with you as opposed to saying no. So work by the lines of consent have clear communication about what it is like to have sex with a person of different ability. A lot of times, as people get older, different parts of their body feel a certain different way. In the case of older women, a lot of times, vaginas have collapsed um, if these women have vaginas. And the use of dilators to slowly increase the amount that a woman, that a person with a vagina can accept is super, super common. Additionally, you could use medications like Viagra and things like that that actually help you achieve um, an erection if that's what you're looking for. Additionally, know always that sexuality is not just about penis and vagina, and you can express and have sex in so many different ways without the use of toys, chemicals. uh, You can actually just enjoy your body however your body is presenting that day. So make sure you're communicating, make sure you have good rules of consent up, and then set up a traffic light system. If this isn't working, let's go to yellow, hey, let's rearrange, change to a different position, and then maybe go to red if it's just not going to happen that day. Always make sure that when you're with a partner, you feel comfortable saying, no, stop, I'm done, and that that'll be respected. So to recap, today we talked about gerontophilia, how fucking bananas it is that I can't find anybody who claims to be attracted to seniors, but I can find a ton of research on um, violence and sexual assault against the elderly linked to the term gerontophilia, which it is not. We talked about where you can find it, what you would be attracted to, how to establish good and appropriate rules for consent, and we did a recap so that you remembered everything that I told you. Thanks for checking me out and I will see you next time. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Havenspace by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.